Hi, it's Katie with Bountiful Living. And last time, if you didn't tune in, I was introducing John 1010 and why I chose this as my key verse for Bountiful Living. That the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but Christ has come for us to have life and have it to the full. And of course, I'm not going to just tell you a scripture. I'm going to dig as deep into it as I can. And I got so much from this one verse that I'm having to put the podcast into a few different segments. So if you didn't hear part one of Shepherds, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I was saying at the end of part one that I had a little bit of personal conviction for myself on shepherding. I was reading a companion verse to John 10.10. It's John chapter 20, verse 30. Jesus went on to do many more miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not even included in this book. But all that's recorded here is so that you will fully believe that Jesus is the anointed one, the son of God, and that through your faith in him, you will experience eternal life by the power of his name. So God gave me that verse to support John 10.10, reinforcing that in believing in Christ, you have life in his name. So I read further into John 21, because I never want to take a verse out of context, to see what happened next. And I was so surprised at how this all gets tied up with shepherding like a neat little bow. This was Jesus's third appearance after his resurrection to a group of his disciples by the Lake of Galilee. It looks like Peter, Thomas the twin, Nathaniel, Jacob, and John, and two other disciples were there. And Peter told them he was going fishing. And they went out, but through the night they didn't catch anything. And as the sun began to rise, Jesus was standing there at the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was him. So Jesus kind of shouts to them from ashore, Hey guys, have you caught any fish? Not a thing, they replied. So Jesus shouted back, Throw your net over the other starboard side and you'll catch some. So as they did, they caught so many fish, they couldn't even pull it in with the net. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved, John, said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Peter heard him say that, he quickly wrapped up his outer garment because he was wearing something that was fit for fishing, and dove right into the lake to Jesus. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine this reunion? The other disciples then brought the boat to shore, dragging their catch of fish. They weren't far from the land, only about a hundred meters. And when they got to the shore, they noticed a charcoal fire with some roasted fish and bread. So guys, Jesus was making breakfast for the disciples. Bring some of the fish you just caught, Jesus said. So Peter waded into the water and pulled some to shore. There was 153 fish. And even with so many fish, the net was not torn. Now this seems miraculous, and it was. But it is testament to who our God is. He is able to provide. He knew these men were fishermen. He knew they needed fish to eat and to survive, and to sell and trade in this world. And they needed their nets as well. So he kept them strong and secure, even though scientifically they should have broken. That is the God we serve. 
I have seen these miracles in my own life and in my own testimony, which I won't get into too much today because it's a bit off topic. But to confirm what Jesus has done in my own life, there have been many times that because of my husband's career, he has been at companies where they went bankrupt and we were down to like $12 in the bank. And my husband used, this is a real story, by the way, we got a coupon for free coffee at McDonald's. And I mean, that just felt like a treat because we had been scraping by on nothing because I was, I wasn't working. I'm not sure if I was pregnant. It's hard to remember like the timeline of what was going on in that season of our life. But I remember getting this coupon for free coffee. I was like, oh, honey, go get it. Like, go get this free coffee. You know, like treat yourself, right? (laughs) And so he did. And you know what happened when he went, when he went to McDonald's to get the free coffee? He saw someone, he connected with someone and got a job interview. Now, that is our God. We can have nothing. We can have absolutely nothing in the the account. And he somehow makes it last. He's, we somehow don't get in the red. And, you know, he can use these opportunities. We're just going about our daily lives. Like you would never expect in a million years to like show up at McDonald's and get a job interview, like connect with someone. But that's our God. And he didn't end up getting that job, but that led to another connection. And he has been at that same company now for over 10 years. That, my friends, is our God. So back to the story here. There's 153 fish and the net is not torn. And Jesus says to them, verse 12, come, let us have breakfast. And not one of the disciples even needed to ask who it was because every one of them knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus came close to them and served them with bread and fish. This was the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after his resurrection. And here is the beautiful, beautiful part. This is the part that all of that was kind of the setting the scene of where they are, that Jesus is sitting there after his resurrection, that they are with him. They know he is risen They're sitting there on the beach having breakfast together as friends. Those of you who have heard the stories of the resurrection and of Christ going to the cross, I know you've also heard about Peter's denying that he knew this man. He swore that he wouldn't, of course, the Last Supper, and but he did. Before the rooster crowed, Peter had not only denied he knew Jesus once, not twice, but three times. And so Jesus did not come at him harsh and like, man, why you dissing me? He didn't do that because God is one who restores. He brings back what is broken and what is scattered. And in John 21, verse 15, it says, After they had breakfast, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you burn with love for me more than these? Peter answered, Yes, Lord, you know I have great affection for you. Jesus responds, Then take care of my lambs. Jesus repeated the question a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you burn with love for me? Peter answered, Yes, my Lord, you know I have great affection for you. Jesus responds, Then take care of my sheep. Jesus asked him again, Peter, Son of Jonah, do you have great affection for me? 
Peter started to get sad by being asked a third time and said, My Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Jesus replied again, Then feed my sheep. Wow. For the three times he said he didn't know Christ, Jesus restores him all three of those times. And it's very interesting how he is responding. I think what he is doing is giving a commission to Peter. I can think back on the times when he called Peter his rock and said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And we know that's what happened. We know that he and the other disciples and Paul also did a huge work in starting the church, discipling the church. But it's very interesting that he is calling Peter a shepherd. We're going to pick up in verse 18 where he says, Peter, listen, when you were younger, you made your own choices and you went where you pleased. And one day when you're old, others will tie you up and escort you where you don't want to go. That's him prophesying that he will be a martyr, but you will spread out your arms, meaning he will do it willingly. Jesus said this to Peter as a prophecy of what kind of death he would die for the glory of God. And then he said, Peter, follow me. When I read those words, Peter, follow me, I could almost hear Jesus say, Katie, if you love me, feed my sheep. Katie, if you love me, take care of my lambs. Katie, if you love me, shepherd my sheep. Katie, follow me. And I want to ask, is that what Christ is saying to you today? Because I think this command is not just for Peter. And the reason I believe this is because if you look at what Peter begins to talk about in First and Second Peter, he tells the church how to shepherd. I know um, because I've taken my spiritual gifts test that I am a shepherd. I know that is the gift that God has placed on my life, that he has called me to shepherd and he has given me the gift of mercy. You may have different spiritual gifts, completely different than mine. You may be a craftsperson. You may be hospitable. There's many ways we can serve the Lord. But whether or not that is our spiritual gift, we all are shepherds at some point in our life. Maybe you're a mentor. Maybe you have children. You're definitely a shepherd. Maybe you lead a team at church or at your place of work. You're a shepherd. So I had to think for a minute, what is our responsibility to people? How are we to lead them? How are we to love them? How are we to serve them? How are we to shepherd our children? How are we to love as Christ loved? How are we to serve as Christ served? How are we to lay down our lives as he did? It comes in not a religious list of rules because the law is now written on our heart. It comes in making a decision to follow Christ. We are told to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow him. And when we signed up for Christianity, maybe a lot of you didn't realize that's what it was about. 
that we would begin to live and walk out our lives the way that Jesus lived and walked out our lives. And that's part of the reason I'm doing this podcast. I've been a Christian my entire life, and there's things that I've never understood, truths that I've heard a million times but didn't really connect all the dots. And that's why I think the Old Testament is so important because if you don't understand these prophecies and you don't understand these foundations, it's very difficult to get what Jesus is saying because we could surfacely just look at this and say, oh, he's talking to Peter. I believe he's talking to his church. I believe he's talking to me. I believe he's talking to you. And this all goes back to Ezekiel. We know that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy is not just Satan the thief. Yes, he's behind it all. He is behind evil and wickedness. We know that. But there are people that represent that evil and that wickedness, and we don't want to be those people. We want to be the ones aligned with peace. We want to be the ones aligned with kindness and with unity and with binding up people's wounds, caring for the sick, clothing the needy, clothing our own children even more than we think of ourselves. And I have to tell you, I was a bit convicted because I have been eating on the fat of the land. My husband and I, because we have a child with food allergies, we're not really able to go out to eat at restaurants. And my kids are now old enough to be in school. And he's been working from home since the beginning of the pandemic in twenty March of 2020, so over two years now. And so we have enjoyed going to lunch, let me just say. And I, I'm a total foodie, so food is definitely my thing. It's the, the weight of my heart. I love, you know, and I moderate, moderate. I don't just go to crazy town. And a lot of times I'm like, honey, it's salads today, you know, and he's like, yay. <laughs> but, you know, it's something I enjoy, but I was convicted that I think we've been doing it a bit too much, eating on the fat of the land. And I'm like, how can I think of people and how can I not forget the poor? Like, am I doing my part as well? Not that we should stop enjoying life. You know, we should never stop enjoying and being grateful for the peace that we, we have today. But as Jesus said in Matthew 25, whatever you do to the least of these, you do to me. So I want to ask you all today a bit about personal responsibility. Think about this. If you are a parent, you're shepherding your kids. If you're a boss, you're shepherding your employees. Are you doing it the way Jesus does it? Or are you doing it your way? And there's no right or wrong answer here. This is a moment for personal conviction because I know it convicted me that I was Probably we're spending way too much on lunch. You know, maybe take that extra money we were spending and and bless somebody and not hoard it for ourselves because we don't want to be that way. We don't want to be that way as Christians. Like we are to be the hands and feet of Christ. So I hope today you're inspired, not feeling shame or guilt because that is from the enemy. The Holy Spirit convicts. and He can bring about change. Don't let Satan shame you like you have done wrong and made a mistake. Decide to do different today, to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow him.